Open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you've got a Bible, great. If you've got it on a phone or something, that's fine too, an app. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5. We'll have the verses on the screen as we move forward today. We're in a group of messages that's simply entitled Things That Matter. And last week I talked about spiritual growth, and I, I felt on Monday and Tuesday of this week as if I'd I shared a lot of information because there's a lot in that story out of Matthew 13. Jesus gave us the parable of the sower, how the sower went out sowing seed. And we talked about the four pictures of soil and, the, and what it produces. But I felt this week like I didn't really have enough time to really drive home the application. How do we apply that word? You know, we talked about being hearers and doers of the word. And today I want to spend a little time more with how we become doers of the word of God. So I want to continue one more week with spiritual growth. But I, I want to begin with going back to the parable of the sower for just a minute. We're not going to read it in Matthew 13. Jesus talked about three things that were ultimately important. First of all, he talked about seed. Seed. In the, exam, the example, uh, the illustration I used was the acorn seeds that you find on the ground underneath these huge oak trees that you see growing up in the hills to the west of us. As a matter of fact, I went out this week and I picked up a bunch of those seeds, those acorns, and I brought them with me today to stop and think that this little seed produces those great big oak trees is amazing to me. We talked about the importance of seed. Jesus in this parable talked about seed. And here's what we know about seed. Two things specifically. Number one, this seed has amazing potential. Everything that you need to create that monstrous oak tree, it's all right here. Everything you need to create it, it's all right here. It has so much potential. But the second thing we talked about is that this little seed is also powerful. You don't think of that seed being powerful, but it's powerful. If you just put it in the ground, cover it up, and keep a little water on it, as a matter of fact, up in these foothills, the natural moisture does it, if you just put it in the ground and cover it up and let it, leave it alone, it has the power in itself to grow that tree. So seed is important. Number two, Jesus said the word of God is seed for our lives. He said the sower goes out sowing seed. What I'm going to be doing the next few minutes, I'm going to be sowing seed, tossing out seed. And I hope that you can take this seed and get it in the soil of your life and let it begin to work in your life. Why? Because the word of God, the seed of God's word, it is powerful. And what else? Just like this seed, it has potential. It has potential and it's powerful. So we want to take God's word today. And I'm going to look at it and show you some things from God's word that talk about the power of this seed. Everything that we need to live an overcoming life and to live the abundant life that Jesus talked about, everything we need is right here. But it comes in the form of seed that needs to be planted and allowed to grow in our hearts and in our lives. Now, let me <clears throat> begin this message, and th that's just the introduction, okay? For those of you, that's not point one, that's the introduction. This is the end of the introduction. At Christmas time, I wanted something that I've never had before, never done. I kind of know my mom's family going back three or four generations and where they came from, but I never knew much about my dad's family. 
So I told Santa Claus that I wanted one of those DNA kits for Christmas. How many of you know sometimes Santa Claus comes through? <laughs> Actually, I told my wife. How many, how many of you husbands know sometimes your wife comes through? Huh? You better get your hand up right now. This, this is a chance to score points. So here's the point. So for Christmas, I got one of those DNA kits. I won't tell you which company we use. because I'm not going to advertise for anybody unless they want to give us a generous offering. Then I'll consider <laughs> advertising with them. But uh, so I got this DNA kit. And so I, you know, I, I put saliva in the little jar, sealed it up, sent it back to him. A month later, I get an email and I get information about my DNA. And I want to share with you today a little bit of what I learned. You may not care, but this ties into the message, okay? So for those of you who don't care, humor me for a few minutes, all right? I found out that I am, my DNA says I am 98.9% European. How many of you are shocked at that one, huh? Almost 99% European. But here's what I learned. 56.5% of that is British and Irish. Okay, so for all the British today, I say cheerio. <laughs> to all the Irish, I say blarney. Don't, I don't know what that means. I hope it's not a cuss word, but that's the only <laughs> Irish word I think I know. Uh, I also found out that I am 21% French and German. Got any, any French in the house today? To you, I say bonjour. Okay, <laughs> German. Uh, I don't really know any German except <clears throat> Donka Shane, darling Donka Shane. I know you're not used to hearing men sing that well on Sunday morning, but I'll do it for you today. <laughs> That'll be fun to deal with this week with our worship pastor. But, but I learned some things about myself. Now, now here's what, where it really got interesting. 0.7% of me Seven-tenths of one percent, or seven one-thousandths of me, is from Western Africa. Who knew? Who knew? I mean, talk about sub-Saharan Africa. And, and of that, about half of that is Nigerian. We got some Nigerians in the house today. Today, I was, hey, brother, give me five. You know, I'm, I'm in this thing, you know. So I'm, I'm feeling my heritage. I got some stuff to learn to stay up with my cousins, but I'm, I'm working on it. And the other thing I learned, I'm also three one-thousandths or three-tenths of one percent of a mixture of East Asian and Native American. I didn't know that. So I went down to Pechanga this week, showed him this information. <laughs> I gave him my address and said, here's where you can send the checks. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. But anyway... <laughs> But, but here's the interesting part of that, now that we've been silly for a minute. The interesting part is, now I know more about where my, where my family came from, where my heritage came from. I know more about my physical person. I know where it came from. But you know what? That's not who I am. This tells me who I am. That may be my heritage. That may be where I came from. But this is who I am. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's word is jammed full of seed that tells you, one seed at a time that tells you who you are in Christ. Now, I shared this last week. When you read the word, what you find out is you find out who God is. You find out what his DNA is. 
You find out who you are in Christ, which means what your DNA is in Christ. And then you learn how to walk with him and see him bless every area of your life. That's the purpose of God's word. So we need to figure out, what do I do with this seed? What do I do with the seed of God's word? And today we're going to talk about that. Now, I, I want to illustrate this to you today in a, a really, really, really simple way. Today, I'm going to be sharing a lot of seed, at least five major areas, okay? I'm going to be sharing some seed that will absolutely change your life if you get it in your heart and let it grow. But here's what we tend to do. We tend to hear God's word on Sunday, or maybe we hear a devotional, or maybe we read a few, you know, a few chapters out of the Bible, and we get some of this seed, and we say, well, that, that's pretty cool. Boy, that's, that's way beyond where I'm living right now, but that's pretty cool. I really like that. So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to put this over here, and I'm going to put it on this shelf right here. So someday, someday when I face problems and I need that, I'll know where to go find that seed. Because that might come in handy someday. Some of you are going to hear this message today, and you're going to say, wow, that was a really good message. Someday that might come in handy. But let me, let me tell you what happens with the seed of God's Word. Jesus talked about it last week. The problem is, if the seed gets sown and you don't deal with it properly... The evil one comes and steals it. <laughs> That's what happens. And someday, all of a sudden, this crisis comes along. Uh, what was it? What was it? The Bible says, where did the pastor say? Where am I? Where am, oh, man. Don't I put, what was that? It's amazing how many of us live like that because we don't get the seed in the soil of our hearts. The last thing Jesus talked about in that parable, the third thing, was the importance of the soil. The condition of the soil. The soil determines what the seed produces in us. So today what I want to do is, I want to share three major thoughts. But I want to talk about, first of all, our DNA in Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at a few things about who we are in Christ. What our DNA is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Okay? When I come to Christ, my spirit comes alive, and I become a new person in Christ. Next it says, Old things pass away, and everything becomes new. One translation says, the old is gone, the new has come. The problem is, most of us are trying to live for God with the old ways and the old thinking rather than realizing everything is new now so I can live a different way, I can live a new way, I can think a new way, and I'll see God do new things in my life. We don't learn how to walk in the newness of the life he's given us. And I'm convinced a lot of the problem is we don't know what he's promised to us. We don't know what our DNA in him really says. And you know, just like my DNS, DNA test tell me where I came from, the word of God tells me who I am today, who I belong to, what is rightfully mine because of Jesus. But if I don't know it, I'll never act on it. I won't believe it. So i got to learn to think, to believe, to act according to God's word rather than my old nature, my limitations, and the environment that surrounds me. Change has to happen. If I don't use 
listen closely. If I don't use those seeds correctly, I lose my DNA in Christ. And I don't live out who he says I am. Now, James chapter 1. I mentioned part of these verses last week. I want to, I want to just share it for you. You don't need to turn there. James said, if we hear the word of God, but we don't do the word of God, we don't apply it to our lives, we don't get the seed in the soil and let it start working. If we hear the word, but we don't do it, he said, it's like a guy who goes and looks in a mirror, looks at his face and says, okay, that's what I look like. He goes away, and an hour later, it's like, now, now what, what, what did I look like? What was my nose like? Have you ever looked in the mirror, and then later on, you're trying to remember, now, exactly what did I look like? Let me put it this way. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, whoa, how did that happen? You ever done that one? It's the same kind of thing. We forget. You know, sometimes we walk and look in the mirror and say, oh, man, how did I get so old so fast? Well, you weren't paying attention to what was in the mirror. It's the same picture. Now, I want to talk today about, number two, what do we do with these seeds? He's given us DNA. He's made promises to us. What do we do with these seeds? I told you what happens if you don't use them correctly. So let me real quickly run through five things you need to do with the seed. Number one, you need to open the package. Okay? Did you ever plant seeds when you were a kid at all? Did you ever you know, get some seeds and plant them in the ground? They come in a little bitty envelope and you plant those flower seeds or corn seeds or bean seeds, whatever it might be. Did you ever take it and plant those? The first thing you do is you got to open the package. There's a, there's a verse of scripture in Haggai in the Old Testament where the Lord said through Haggai to the people, is the seed still in the barn? Is the seed still in the package? If you don't get the seed out of the package, it'll do you no good. You've got to open the package and take the seed out. So number one, we need to start opening up the package and see what it says about us. We need to say what it says, see what it says about God. We need to know the promises. We need to know our DNA so we can act on our DNA. If we don't know it, we cannot act on it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and it's powerful. See, what we don't understand is these seeds are alive and powerful. The seed of God's word, it's alive and powerful. You put it in the ground, it germinates, it begins to work, and it'll produce that tree. But if we don't start by opening up the package, the seed will do us no good. Everybody smile at me today. You say, well, that was a tough one to swallow. Well, the next four aren't any easier, so hang in there, okay? Number two, the second thing we need to do is we need to prepare the soil of our hearts. Years ago, I tried this thing where somebody gave me a formula and said, you need to read this many chapters of the Bible a day. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit on the ADD side. I can read 10 chapters and I can tell you one thing in those 10 chapters. Actually, I can tell you two, the first thing I read and the last thing I read. Everything in the middle is a blur, okay? So that doesn't work for me. I learned that, you know, I read a lot of stuff, but it just didn't, didn't take root. What I learned for Gary was I need to take one thing, understand it, and get it planted in my heart, get my faith wrapped around it, and then let it start working for me. Ten seeds do you no good if you don't get any of them planted. So I learned that what I needed to do was prepare my heart. Hosea 10, 12 says, break up the fallow ground, the hardened ground, plow it up. 
You know, if you're going to plant seed and have a garden, you've got to plow the ground. You've got to make the soil soft. You've got to break it up so the seed can get in there. You can cover it up, and then it begins to take root and grow down in that soil. We have got to learn how to break up the hardness of our hearts and open up our faith so our faith can begin to work with the Word of God. If we don't get faith mixed with God's Word, it's not going to grow. So we've got to learn how to remove the things out of the way that resist God's Word. I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us has got things in us that will try to resist God's word. Old thinking, natural thinking, carnal thinking, sinful thinking. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to, re- I don't want to accept that. I don't want to change this part of my life. God loves me the way I am. I don't need to be any more like Jesus. We get these stones in the way, and it interferes with what God's going to do. So I need to spend time with God when I open up his word. When I open up this bag and I open up the seed, I need to say, God, now prepare the soil of my heart. Whatever you say to me today, I'm going to plant it in there. I'm going to get it working. I'm going to let it grow. We're going to break up the soul in my heart and remove the things that interfere with the seed. Number three, then we got to put the seed in the soil. Put the seed in the soil. You make the hole in the dirt. Once you get it plowed up, you take the seed and you drop it in there. You got to get the seed in your heart. What would happen if in our time with God, whether it's Sunday morning in church a daily time of devotion, a time of just praying and talking to God. What would happen if we would take the time to get the promise of God just one at a time and get it buried in our heart? One promise at a time. I'll tell you what would happen. In a few weeks, a few months, we'd have so much of God in us that it would change the whole course of our lives. But we've got to learn to place the seed in the soil of our hearts. Psalms 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day we need to make room in our hearts for god's word we need to learn to love this you know pastor zach shared a few weeks ago about jesus and temptation and jesus when he was faced with temptation instead of giving in to temptation he said no 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 i don't need that physical bread because the scripture says it is written man shall not live by bread alone we have to learn that this is more important than anything that's being said around us and this is what shapes my life so i need to get it in my heart i need to place the seed in my heart and make room for it dig that hole for the seed to get down in there sometimes when i'm making room for god's word it begins to push things out of the way but we've got to get the word into our hearts number four the fourth thing we need to do after we make that hole and drop the seed in there We need to cover it up and protect it. We need to embrace it. We need to say, this is my seed. This is God's word for me. Nobody's going to take this away from me. Nobody's going to steal it. Nobody's going to keep this word from interfering with what God says about me. This is personal. It's precious. This is God speaking to me. Now, in in Hebrews 3, I'm not going to have you turn there. There's three verses verses 12 to 14, that talk about the importance of embracing the seed of God's word so that it grows faith in us. You know, the birds will come, the evil one will come and steal away the seed if you don't bury it and cover it up and protect it. And it's really easy for people around us, parents, siblings, spouses, even kids, 
our boss, people at work, it's really easy for people to come with ideas and say, well, maybe you ought to do this and maybe you ought to try that. Well, that's not the way, this is the way. And you realize that's contrary to God's word. When we hear things contrary to God's word, when we're faced with those things, we've got to push them out of the way and cover up the word and say, no, 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 no. The word of God is truth. The word of God is alive. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is precious. I'm not going to be moved by natural things. I'm only going to believe what God says about me. We need to learn to protect the word that God's given us. Don't let your faith separate from God's promises. It's amazing how many people say, oh, I got faith. Well, faith for what? See, faith comes by hearing the word of God. When you accept the seed, there's faith attached to it. But it's really easy if you don't protect that seed to say, well, I got faith. I believe in God. Well, what are you believing God for? Well, that's different. I, I'm, I'm not really sure right now. See, that's the problem. We've got to keep our faith attached to the seed, the promises that brought the faith to us because it will shape our lives. Don't let your faith separate from God's seed and God's promise to you. And then the fifth thing, we need to water that seed. Water it, trust God, and just wait for it to produce. Trust God. Let him work. Just water. You say, okay, so, so how do I water that seed? Let me walk you through a couple of things real quickly. One thing is you need to pray over the word of God when you're receiving it. When you're reading, and, and this happens to all of us, if you're reading or if I'm preaching this morning and you hear the word of God quoted and a verse comes out and it's like, wow, man, that's just alive. It just hit me. That's for me. You need to take that and you need to start praying over it and say, God, I believe what you said in your word. I believe I am your child. I believe you've purposed this for my life. You promised it to me. God, I'm going to grab that seed. I'm going to put it in the soul of my heart. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to keep it alive and I'm going to let it produce in my life. We need to pray and talk to God and thank him for the seed he's given to us and as you're thanking him just thank him not just for what's happened here and what's happening right now thank him that that seed's going to grow and it's going to produce in your life exactly what God said he would produce so learn to water it with prayer and water it with praise not only that you need to water that seed with more of God's word you know what happens you know what you need to do when you start struggling with the promise go back and read it and read it and quote it read it out loud you know I, i'm one of those learners that if i want to really learn something i i i read out loud as i'm reading now some say that's not the way to do it you know what it works for me i read it out loud because faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god i read it over and over and over i memorize it i quote it i make that a part of my life and i say this is for me this is personal god said this this is who i am this is who i'll become and this is who god will be in my life it becomes personal and, I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw something in here this is not a criticism but it's a critique we need to think about when i was in my early years of ministry and even when i was a kid in church everybody had a bible okay today we tend to have this or a phone instead of a Bible. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I use my iPad my, my phone almost every day looking at Scripture. I've got apps on my phone that help me in my study. I've got it on my iPad. I've got it on my computer. But here's the point. Years ago, we used to get a Bible like this. And the first thing we'd do is we'd get our name put on it right there. So people would know that belongs to Gary Martin. But more than that, 
It wasn't about this belongs to Gary Martin. It was this word belongs to me. This is personal. This is what God said to me. This is who he says he is. This is what he says I can do and what I can become. I can trust him. I can believe him. Everything that he said, it is for me. In this day and age of phones and iPads and apps, if the word of God is just one more of 75 apps you've got on your phone, it's a mistake. It needs to be personal. It needs to be a part of your life. You need to accept it as your DNA and plant it and let it start growing as you grow into it. Amen. Thank you. And then, one more thing we need to do. To water God's word. We need to learn how to agree with God. Did you hear that? We need to learn how to agree with God. You say, well, what are you saying? We need to learn to say what God says. If God says, I'm an overcomer, I need to start saying, I'm an overcomer. If God's word says we're healed, then I need to start saying, I am healed. If God's word says I am whole, I need to start saying I am whole. You know, years ago during the charismatic movement, during the, the word of faith growing up so much and, and becoming so prevalent, I know there were some people who did some goofy stuff. I know that. But it's amazing how many people said, well, you don't want to get into this confession stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's my DNA. Of course I'm going to confess what God says about me. I'm not going to borrow somebody else's confession. I'm not going to borrow somebody else's word. But I am going to say exactly what God says about me. Because as I agree with God, it causes that seed to grow. It causes my faith to grow. Don't go around saying, well, I'm sick and I'm never going to get well because God's word says so. No, that's not what God's word says. I know I just stepped on seven toes. But I'm going to pray for healing at the end of service, okay? So we'll get through this. Stay with me. I need to start agreeing with God about what he says about me and stop speaking doubt and defeat into my own life that causes me to stop believing what God's word says. Confession simply means saying what God says, agreeing with God. How many of you would want to agree with God today? You want to agree with God? Then start saying what he says about you. Now, if, you, if I will take care of the seed... If I'll take care of this seed, it will produce. The power is in the seed. The potential is in the seed. If I'll take care of it, it will produce. It may not produce in my time frame, but it will produce. That oak tree takes 100, 150, 200 years to become a giant. Scripture says God has planted us as oak trees of righteousness. You think it's going to happen overnight? No, it happens with time as we grow in him. But if I plant it and take care of it, it will produce. So number three, the third part of my message, I want to talk real quickly for a few minutes about planting some seed. We're going we're to do a little bit of an exercise. I'm going to lead the way, but hopefully you can tie your heart to this this morning. I'm going to show you what I do, and I think what will work for you. You do it your own way, your own personality. But I'm going to show you some things you can do in your own quiet time with God That'll help you plant the seed in your heart. And I'm going to talk about five specific seeds today. Okay? First of all, look at Romans chapter 8. Some of us struggle with the concept of being in relationship with God. Some of us struggle with that. 
The idea of being in a relationship with somebody we can't see and can't hear in an audible voice that our senses can't touch, some of us struggle with that. So what we need to do is take the Word of God and what it says about that relationship and bury it in our hearts and let it begin to grow. So let me talk to you about this. Romans chapter 8. So one morning I'm sitting there reading my Bible or I'm in my quiet time or I hear the pastor teaching on this and I open up my Bible. Here's what it says. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. When I read that, what do I do with it? Father, I thank you today that I am your son and that you are my father. I am your child. And I thank you that your spirit lives in me. Your spirit is leading my life. This is a brand new walk. I don't know everything about it, but Father, I'm telling you, I'm going to trust you because you are my father. I am your child. I know who I am. And your spirit lives in me. So start leading me. I want to follow you. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Father, I thank you that I can call you my own dear personal father, that we can have a real relationship where I can know you and you can know me intimately, Father. You can know everything about me and I can know the things I need to know about you. And Father, I thank you that you've not put fear on me, but you have given me the spirit of adoption. You've chosen me. And God, I thank you today that your spirit will overcome the fears that I face in everyday life. And I'm going to walk with you and let you be my father next verse verse 16 the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god father i thank you that every now and then during the day i just sent your spirit alive inside of me and father when i sent your spirit and it bears witness and it reminds me i'm your child god i'm going to respond to you when you give me a hug i'm going to give you a hug and father i thank you today i'm your child and you are not going to forsake me and leave me alone you're going to be with me Always. Then verse 17. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Father, I thank you today. Listen closely. Father, I thank you today that I'm your heir. Everything that belongs to you belongs to me. Everything that belongs to Jesus, the firstborn brother, it belongs to me because your word says so. And all those things that make me fear and doubt, I throw them aside because I believe all the wealth of heaven belongs to me. And Father, I'm going to wrap my heart around everything you promised me in your word and I'm going to believe for it because I am your heir. The rest of the verse says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Father, I thank you that even though my faith is challenged, even though I may face persecution, people may tell me I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm doing. Father, still, I'm going to be steadfast because all of heaven is mine because of Jesus. I'm going to take that word. I'm going to bury it in my heart. And I'm going to keep confessing it and agreeing with what God has said about me. That will grow that seed in my life. So I'm going to take that seed, I'm going to put it in the soil, I'm going to cover it up and water it and let it begin to grow. And every day, my relationship with God will grow. Number two, the second thing, look at Mark chapter 11. I'm going to go fast, so stay with me, okay? Mark chapter 11. One day I'm reading through my Bible and I'm reading this story and it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Father, I thank you today that you want me to have faith, that you will give faith to me, and I will grow my faith as I walk with you and as I trust you. Verse 23, 
Jesus said, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let me tell you something. Just like God gave us seed to grow our relationship with Him, God also gave us seed to grow our faith and to help us ask in faith when we pray to God. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to ask for the things that you need. Jesus said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus said, if you have faith in God, you can speak to that mountain of impossibility in your life and command it to get out of the way and that mountain has got to move. Friend, that's the word of God. That's not the word of Gary. You need to get it in your heart and plant it there and start taking your request to God and tell him what you need because God wants to answer those prayers. Amen. I'm going to buy the eight track on this. It's good. It's good. God gave a seed about answered prayer. Let me tell you something. Don't be afraid to ask God for the things you need. Don't be afraid to ask God for the things you need. And don't be afraid to believe he's going to do it. He said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. So I'm going to take that seed and bury it in my heart. And when I have need, I'm going to ask God for the things that I need. And I'm going to believe he's going to answer my prayer. I may even speak to some impossibilities and see some mountains moved out of the way. It's not what I do. It's what the seed will do if I plant it in my heart. The potential and the power is in the seed. How about this one? 2 Corinthians 9. Here's a good seed. This is one that I think most Christians struggle with. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 talks about provision. We're raised in America. We pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. That's the American way. I go do this and this and this and this and this and I'll become a success. That's the way we're taught. But the truth of the matter is, most of us have moments in life where we need provision. As a matter of fact, I'll go one step beyond. Everybody has times in life when you need provision beyond what you have in yourself. What am I going to do about that? Most people just choose to lower their expectations of life and their expectations of God. 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, Paul talks about this grace he calls the grace of giving. Talks about it in chapter 8. He goes into it in chapter 9. He talks about our giving back to God. But then he gets into this in chapter number 9, verse 8. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. The word abound means to superabound. It's God's supernatural ability. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now here's the thing. Most Christians believe for some grace. God said he's able to give us all grace. And it can be super abundant in our lives. The problem is a lot of us don't believe God for his grace. Well, I had grace when I got saved. That's where it ends. No, that's just where it begins. Scripture says we stand in God's grace by faith. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, everybody say me. That me, I, sufficiently, I will have all things all sufficiency in all things that I may have an abundance to respond to every good work. See, I read that verse and no matter what I've been taught in the past, I say, God, this is what you say about me. 
And so, Father, I pray today that as I take this seed and I bury it in my heart and I cover up and I hold on to it, I pray today, Father, that you will open up my eyes to understand that you have so much more for me. You want to bless every area of my life, including my material things and finances, so that I can be a blessing to other people. It's not about hoarding. It's not about me becoming proud. It's not me about, about me having more than somebody else. It's about me having sufficiency in all things so I can help meet the needs of others others so I can be a blessing to your work I can be a blessing to the church I can be a blessing to people in need father I believe you're able to grow me so much that I can be a blessing to everybody around me that's what he said he would do that's what he said he would do but if I don't plant that seed I never believe that way I never get my mind renewed to believe what God says about me make it personal don't settle for less than what God's promised Here's another good seed. How about a seed for healing? Isaiah 53 talks about the cross and healing. What it tells us is, in the original writings, if you go look at it, it tells us on the cross, Jesus not only bore our sins and our sorrows, he also bore our sickness and our pains and our disease. It tells us that the same source of our forgiveness is also the source for our physical healing, our emotional healing, our mental healing. Healing in every area of life was paid for by Jesus on the cross. In Isaiah 53, it says, by his stripes, we're healed. It's quoted in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I'm in the middle of a statement here in verse 24. It says, Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed, past tense. Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed, past tense. By his stripes we were healed back at the cross. Friend, let me tell you something today. Don't settle for sickness and disease in your life. Don't let the doctor's opinion be the last word in your situation. Don't give in to everything that is said to you. I'm not saying being foolish about anything, but I'm telling you, do not give up on God's word because Jesus ultimately is our healer. If a doctor heals you, it's because God has given him ability, given him medicine, whatever it might be. But do not give up on the seed of God's word by the stripes of Jesus. That's where our healing comes from. Tell you a little story. I'm going to take that seed and plant it. That'll come in handy. You don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait until you get the death sentence and say, well, what am I going to do? I better go to the Word. No, get it in you now. Years ago in our, in our old building, by the way, I'm almost finished, so stay with me. In our old building, one Wednesday night we had a, a guest speaker. He and his wife came and shared. And they had a young lady traveling with them who I'm guessing was probably late 20s. This young lady was traveling with them, doing some ministry and helping them with odds and ends in their ministry. And they told a story about this young lady. They said a few months earlier, she went to the doctor for her annual checkup. And the doctor said, wait a minute, something's not right here. We need to run some more tests. And she said, well, nothing's wrong. I can't imagine. I feel fine. He said, well, something's not right. So they went back and ran some more tests, came back, and the doctor called her in and said, young lady, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... You've got cervical cancer. This young lady looked at the doctor and she said, no, that's impossible. And he said, no, you're not hearing me. You've got cervical cancer. And she said, no, you're not hearing me. It's impossible for sickness and disease to stay in my body. I know what the Bible says about me. 
I know what scripture says. You can tell me what's there now, but I can tell you the final word, the way it's going to be. Because it's impossible for this sickness and disease to stay in me. She had so much word in her heart about the healing that when the situation arose, she knew exactly how to hit it head on. The doctor said, well, we've got to start treating you. We've got to do some things. She said, no, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go back to God's word. We're going to stand on it. I'm going to come back in a few weeks, and you're going to find out God's word is true. I'm not, it's impossible for this to live in me. That was her faith. That was her mindset. A few weeks later, she went back in. They ran tests all over again. The test came out perfectly clear. There was no sign of cancer anywhere in her body. Let me tell you something. Thank God for that. But here's the point. Some of us say, well, I can never live at that place. We can rise to a place of faith we have never known before if we'll hide the seed of the word in our hearts and start believing what God says rather than what everybody else says about us. That's God's will. Let's take God at his word. And then one more verse. John 14, verse 27. One more seed for everyday life. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We live in a world of fear today. All around us, people are terrified. The latest news is the world's going to end in 12 years because of climate change. Some of you believe it, some of you don't believe that. Um, I'm not going to get into that today, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. Before Jesus left, he said, here's what I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you my peace. It's not any kind of peace the world can give you. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm going to give you something that no matter what comes your way in life, you don't have to be shaken and terrified and knocked to the ground. You can take my word and know that I'm with you, and I'm not going to let any evil destroy your life the word of Jesus it's interesting because Jesus was telling us I promise you you don't have to be ruled by your mind and your crazy thinking and your emotions the peace of God can rule your life now that's that's good news it's good news the problem is that does me no good if I don't get it in the soil of my heart and let it grow so that everything that I deal with in life gets filtered through his word first. It's no secret, but 20 years ago, I started my life over. Everything that I'd worked for, everything that I'd lived for, all the wheels came off the wagon and I was in a place that I'd never dreamed I would ever be. All alone one morning, I got up and I, I had to face at that time what was the worst day of my life. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything, but I had responsibilities that I had to deal with. And Gary, who'd been a pastor for over 20 years, came face to face with the fact that I was dealing with a mountain that was bigger than me. 
I got into my car, I was driving down the road and I pulled into a little shopping center, pulled off in a corner by myself where there were no cars. I got out my Bible. I was so broken, I didn't know what to do, which way to go. I, didn't, I had no idea what do I do from here. And I did the only thing that I knew how to do. I didn't read 10 chapters. Didn't read five chapters. I didn't read one chapter. I went to one verse and I went to one word. That was the word peace. When my emotions were shaken, when I was shattered, when I didn't know what I was going to do, sitting in that parking lot early in the morning, I opened it up. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I sat there and I began to weep and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I didn't create all of this. It's all fallen on me. I don't know what to do with all of this. How in the world do I move forward from here? And I read the next verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I took that verse one word at a time and I began to dissect it. And I begin to pray over it. And like Paul said to Timothy, the word, like water, began to wash fear out of my life. Began to wash concern out of my life. Began to wash impossibilities out of my life. And I went word by word by word and I got to that word peace. And I said, Father, I need your peace. I don't know any way to deal with any of this. I need your peace. And suddenly something began to flow through me that began to drive out the fear. That began to drive out the confusion and drive out the misunderstanding. And listen closely to me. I began to take authority over my emotions and I commanded my stomach to stop doing flip-flops. I commanded my emotions to settle down that I was not going to be driven by emotions and lies of the enemy that said I will destroy you but I begin to quote the scripture of the word of God that the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding will guard my heart and my mind and my emotions and my actions through Christ Jesus and after several minutes I wiped the tears out of my eyes I got up and faced my responsibilities for the day and friend I'm going to tell you something there have been challenges but I have never looked back because the seed of God's word will grow if you'll plant it and let it work in your life. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. I know what people think. How do I get from here to there? You don't jump from A to Z. You go from A to B to C to D. You take one principle at a time and you get it in your heart. Let it grow. God gave us his word. It's his DNA. It can become our DNA if we'll plant it and let it work in our lives. I want to pray two prayers today. I want to pray for every person in this room because I know some of you are facing some major, major obstacles today. God's word has a seed that applies to your situation. and God is not going to fail you. He's going to honor his word if you'll wrap your heart around his word today. Bow your heads if you would. Father, in Jesus' name. Every person in this room faces challenges, starting with me, working all the way to the top of the building. Every person in this room faces challenges. 
There are times we have to face the lies of the enemy, but today we choose not to believe the lies of the enemy, but we choose to believe the Word of God. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. I thank you today that we are going to know your healing strength. We are going to know your peace. We are going to know your provision. We are going to grow our relationships with you. Father, we're going to see you work in every area of our lives today. So, Father, I pray for every person here. Show each of us individually what the seeds are that we need to have and where we need to plant them. Lead us to the promises in your word that we need to embrace and show us how to get them in our hearts and let them grow. Jesus name I pray father I pray right now for those who in, in inside are saying well but my situation's different father I pray right now that the plow of the word of God would just break up fallow ground and remove rocks break up soil that's become hardened where there's unbelief break it up now in Jesus name and let faith begin to grow within us that we see a better tomorrow that we see your blessing instead of the enemy's cursing that we see hope and health and healing and wholeness rather than death and destruction. Open up our eyes to see your word in Jesus' name. Father, show us how to plant that word in our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And while heads are still bowed, maybe you're here today and maybe you've listened to this and you've thought, wow, I wish I had God on my side. The truth is, you're not in relationship with God. You've never accepted the fact that Jesus sent his son to die for your sins. That he took your punishment on the cross. You've never let him have your sins. And you've never let him give you his life and his blessing. You've never started that relationship. But maybe as you sit here today, you realize it's time for a change. I want to become a new person. I want to become a child of God. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know how to get myself there. Friends, you don't have to get yourself there. God will meet you right where you are. All he's looking for is an honest, open heart. And if something inside of you is being tugged on today and you're realizing, you know what, this is good, this is for me, I need this in my life, that's God's spirit trying to draw you into his family. And all he's looking for is, is one simple word, one simple phrase from you that says, God, welcome, I need you in my life. I want you to accept Jesus as your Savior and allow him to become the Lord of your life opens the door to an amazing relationship of blessing with God. It's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning, but it starts right there. Those words that open the door, we call them prayer. It's just, God, I need you. I want to lead you in a prayer today and give you an opportunity to open your heart to God. All over this room, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to pray. Everybody, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I want to know you. I want you to be my father. I want to be your child. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I cast my sins upon him. I receive his life. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. I will follow you. From this moment forward, everything changes because of Jesus. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer today, it's the most important decision you can make in your entire life, but it's just the beginning. It's not the end of the journey. I have a little gift I want to give you, a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple reading that'll help you start building your relationship with God. I want to give it to you. No strings attached. Here's how you can get it. One of two ways. A couple of minutes when we're finished, there'll be prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're just everyday people like you and me. They're here to pray with you if you need prayer to answer questions if you have questions but if you just walk up to them and say can I get the booklet they'll give it to you right there no strings attached if you want to get it and go that's fine we just want to get you started walking with God if you're in a really big rush today out in the lobby where the glass doors are where you've exit the building right in the middle there's a counter set up there you can stop by there get the same book just stop and say hey can I get the booklet they'll give it to you there we'd love to give it to you our gift to you God bless you Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family today? God bless you. Can we thank Pastor Gary for that message this morning? There's one more thing that we want to do before we go today, and that's to honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into his house. And there's a few different ways that you can give this morning that are up on the screen, and if you'd like to choose the way that's most convenient for you. But as you do that, I just want to take a moment and first say thank you. Thank you to our church for your generosity, for your faithfulness in giving. We're so grateful to be a part of a generous church, to be a part of a generous body of people who put God first in the area of their finances. You know, this morning as I was listening to that message and I was just really thinking about how it applied to different areas of my life, you know, when it comes to my giving, I like to believe that God is generous. I like to believe that God is my source. Does anybody believe that this morning? When I think about the idea that God is generous, that God's my source and that God's my provider, I can believe that, but the way that I see that become even more active in my life is when I choose to take those seeds of truth in his word and act upon them and plant them. And when it comes to our finances, the way that we do it is by honoring him and giving him what he has asked for, our tithes and our offerings. And this morning, I just want to encourage you, maybe giving your tithe is a big, big step. Can I tell you something? It's the one place in scripture where God says, put me to the test in this area and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven in your life. Maybe this morning putting seed in the ground for your future is a big, big step. Can I tell you that God is always true to his word and what you sow, you shall also reap. So thank you so much for your generosity. Tell you what, we don't give to get, we get to give. We get to honor God because God has been so good to us. So this morning again, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Together we are doing so much and it's because of a generous God and a generous church. Thank you very much. As we give this morning, our ushers are coming to receive our tithes and our offerings. Let's watch church news together and see what's coming up here at the bridge. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being in church with us this morning. My name is Ashley, and I want to give you a very special welcome to The Bridge. We hope that you and your family enjoy the service this morning and that you feel right at home. We would love to meet you today and help you get connected in the church, especially if this is your first time. There's always a lot happening at The Bridge, and we want to do our best to help you be a part of it. So let's check out church news and see what's coming up. Water baptisms are coming up later this month on Sunday, March 31st. Baptism Sunday is one of our favorite days as we celebrate with people who are going public with their faith and saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
you recently made a decision to follow Christ, or you made that decision at some point in the past, but have never been baptized, we invite you to participate in this significant day. Just sign up at the Connection Center after this service, and our team will give you all of the details. You can also sign up on our website or through the Bridge Church app. Let us help you take your next step and follow Christ in water baptism. Bridge Men is happening this Tuesday evening. All guys are invited to join us for a fun night of fellowship and the teaching of God's Word. This month, we will be talking about living in the bigger and how men of God should think when it comes to overcoming, dreaming, and achieving. This evening will begin at 6.30 p.m. when drinks and snacks will be provided. So guys, make your plans to be here this Tuesday at 6.30 for Man to Man. or you're looking to find out more info about the church, we invite you to stop by the Connection Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. We want to do our best to help you get connected in church life and answer any questions that you might have. For more general church info or to listen to past messages, you can always check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv, or download the Bridge Church app. Finally, if you made a decision to follow Christ today, please come and see one of our prayer teams and get your free copy of The Next 7 Days. You can also stop by The Next 7 Days desk before you exit the building. Please let us help you start your walk with God. Thanks again for spending your morning at the bridge. We love being in church. Awesome. Hey, two quick things before we go. This Tuesday morning, Bridge Women is on at 9.30 a.m. Ladies, we would love for you to be here. And then Bridge Men is Tuesday evening at 6.30. So Tuesday, women in the morning at 9.30, men in the evening, 6.30 p.m. We would love for you to be here. If there's any guys that want to hang out and help us set up in the Youth Center for Tuesday, we would love to have your help. Otherwise, have an awesome Sunday. Have a great week, and we will see you next weekend. God bless.